loves, I'm Sarah. I'm 20. I'm a queer fangirl who spends too much time on the internet. I'm Robert. I'm not quite 50. And I don't spend as much time on the internet, but I have seen way too many movies and TV shows. And this is 50v20. The podcast where we take a look at queer representation in media. One ship at a time. It's sort of beautiful. It really was. (laughs) I know this sounds dumb, but us, we... Now think about it. We we work. We know it because we lived it. Who gets that kind of proof of concept? We were just injected with a half century of emotion, so I get that maybe you're not thinking clearly. No, I'm just saying, what if we gave it a shot? Would that be that crazy? Why the fuck not? I know you, and you aren't. What's the matter? Don't be naive. It matters. Q, come on. I love you, but you have to know that that's not me, and that's definitely not you. Not when, not when we have a choice. Okay. Okay. Sorry, I... Hi! <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> We're so happy and so excited. No, um... We're so happy as Elliot's trapped inside a monster. Because if if you're just joining us now, go listen to the other episodes. Yeah, none of this is going to make sense. We're currently on a conversation about Quelliot from The Magicians. And we're, we were just getting started on Season 4, Episode 5, Escape from the Happy Place... And decided to save it to go with the finale. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) We see their conversation that we only saw the briefest part of at the end of Life in the Day. Um, I didn't write who was talking here, because it was a lot of dialogue. I can tell you. What's back and forth, I think. It was sort of beautiful, it really was. I know this sounds dumb, but us, we, you know, think about it like we, we work. I think this is Ellie. Uh, Quentin. No, Quentin's Quentin the one who that. says they were. Who gets, that, who gets that kind of proof of concept? We were just injected with a half century of emotion. So get that maybe you're not thinking clearly. No, I'm just saying, what if we gave it a shot? I mean, would that be crazy? Why the fuck not? I know you and you aren't. And I, this is most likely Elliot. What's the matter? It Don't is. be naive. It matters. Oh, Q, come on. I love you, but you have to know that that's not me, and that's definitely not you. Not, not when we have a choice. And then outside Elliot mm-hmm. talks to that Elliot, yeah, and says, "What the hell is wrong with you? And what the hell are you doing? Someone good and true loves you, and he went out on a limb. And yeah, it was a little crazy, but you knew." You knew this was a moment that truly mattered, and you just snuffed it out. And then he says to Q, even though Q can't hear him, because he's not really there. Q, I'm sorry. I was afraid. And when I'm afraid, I run away. (laughs) 
I ever get out of here, Q, know that when I'm braver, it's because I learned it from you. Which is very nice. And then I kiss. Aw, cuties. And so then, because he finally found the worst memory, he finds the door to get out. And right as Quentin is going to throw their little potion thing onto Elliot in the real world, Elliot comes out in front of the, instead of the monster. And to prove he's who he's him, he says, "Q, Q, <laughs> it's me, it's Elliot." Okay, no games. Come on, let's just go. It's Elliot. No bullshit. Come on. Fifty years. Who gets proof of concept like that? What? Peaches and plums, motherfucker. I'm alive in here. Which is perfect. Yeah. He's only got a, a moment to say something. and it, yeah. No, it, it was and great. Quentin knows that's like, Elliot's oh, in there. It's real. Yeah. Yeah, that moment. Oh, my God. Crazy. So, yeah, we get to learn a lot about Elliot in this episode. Yeah. With all the flashbacks. I think it's really interesting, the idea that, like, his most traumatic moment out of everything was, like, the moment that... He himself stood in front of his own happiness. Mm-hmm. Well, even like, that's just even the thing he thought was going to be the most embarrassing—the flashback to him bullying someone—is the same thing. It's him denying who he is and doing the opposite. Yeah. And then the actual one is the same thing, but now as an adult, he's still that same way. Yeah. Is that even though he can be open about being who he is, mm-hmm. he still has to hide parts of it, and he gets afraid when some of it might lead to something real. Yeah. So. Not very good with the feelings no. aspect of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, the scene is amazing. Fun fact, it's the first scene I ever saw of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah. No, um, yeah. Everyone was just like, all the Tumblr peeps were just sharing the same oh, yeah. left of course. Right, you know, so cute. So. And it was great at the time, too, because I mean, when A Life in the Day happened, I'm like, that was one of my favorite episodes of TV. Yeah. Because it was about so much and so little. It was like, kind of giving up. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, the first <laughs> 15 minutes of up. up. Right. <laughs> so cute. And then this, just a year later-ish, I don't know if the episode aired a year later, but it's one season later. They go back to that conversation and let us know what happened at the time and yeah. why Elliot regrets it now. Now they're in the middle of all those other problems with him. Being yeah, so it's not really going to come up again. No. <laughs> well, it, ever kind of because by the well time, now ever, but at the time, like especially not anytime soon. Like I'm trying, I'm trying to remember what happens to the monster exactly. Because by the time we get to the next episode we watched, Elliot's. Still not there. Don't they stab him? I'm not really sure of the logistics, but they stab him in the stomach and then they chop they trap the monster in this thing. Oh, they pull him out and put him in that little bottle, right? Yeah. And so they never get the chance to actually interact Quentin and Elliot because Quentin, no, they don't interact because in the last Elliot is at all really. has been injured and Quentin has to. They have limited amount of time to get to the scene. Yeah. Because the monster and the monster's sister will get out. But the big thing to talk about. Here, though, is the end of the season four, episode 13. No better to be safe than sorry. They're having a standoff with Everett at the seam. And we had gotten in the previously on footage the reference to the fact that Quentin was always good at the minor mending spell. 
And in the mirror world or underworld or whatever they call it, you're not supposed to do magic. Uh-huh. Because it can backfire. Yeah. And they play a song. What is this? Cruel World by Active Child. Oh, you mean the slow motion? No, that. Yeah, that's this is them. I don't like the slow motion moment. I don't like the song <laughs> that's playing. I don't like the way that it looks like they're doing a weird sort of like experimental interpretive dance, but like in the fifties. <laughs> I just there's didn't... no color down there, I, and it's slow mo because it's but, dramatic. But why it's are magic. the actors like moving? Like I just don't get it. And then you have Alice making it about herself again. Just like I hate it. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry. No, I get it. Yes. I get why she's sad. I'm sorry. She's yes, not being selfish. I just know, Everett breaks the care. mirror without magic, and in order to throw the bottles in, Quentin mends it. Yeah. That anyway. backfires. The whole thing blows up, but they do get the bottles. It wasn't the first. vibe for me. <laughs> sorry. In the moment, four seasons in... This was sad and dramatic, the slow motion. You had to slow that down so we could experience it. So, you know, like, being sad. Because we know that that's going to go badly. We don't know he's going to die. Yeah. Unless you're... I guess if you related knew personally fans on, like, the East Coast, maybe you would have heard ahead. Actually, oh, no, actually, actually... might have had it on early. I don't remember. Sorry. I don't know why I got so excited. <laughs> so the fans... There were spoilers going around that Quentin was going to die. Like, people already knew that. Mm. People who kept up with spoilers. But... We didn't know it'd be permanent. Right. We didn't know they'd show him go to the afterlife. That was the catch, is, like, everyone that I knew who was sharing spoilers at the time was like, Q's gonna die. But I don't think anyone thought he wouldn't be in the next season. Like, I think they thought they would deal with something. Right. At this point, Penny had died, but he was still around. Right. There was Penny 23 plus Penny 40. Yeah, so people the underworld. people thought it was going to be that situation. So you don't like the song either? I like the song. <laughs> it just didn't make me feel sad. I'm sorry. <laughs> Cause, well, because I put some of the lyrics in because, you know, for some reason that's something that gets my attention. When they choose good songs. Or appropriate songs. I didn't think it was appropriate, but it is a good song. Well, I mean, the lyrics are appropriate. Cause it says, I dedicate my life to something richer and all the things that come. Because that's no price at all, and I know you'll be there. I want you to know I care, because keep your head up, hold your head up, even though it's a cruel world. 
Uh-huh. It's, it's it's nice. And in the moment, uh, you know, Quentin doesn't. I don't think he even necessarily knows Elliot's going to survive. I don't remember how bad they had wounded him, but he didn't pretty, have a chance to check. It was pretty bad. Yeah, and that's fine. You know, Quentin dies. It's like that's sad. We've known he's been gay since season one, so it doesn't quite fit the Barry Gray's trope because it's not a sudden. Well, he's not gay. It's not like he just came out. Whatever he is, we just use just just FYI. We just use gay as like queer. Whatever he's queer. Here. Yeah. It's not like he just said, like, as they were walking there, oh, by the way, I'm gay. And then goes in there and dies. So it doesn't quite fit that trope. Oh, it does fit the guy. larger one. <laughs> yeah, no. It's like, right. just as they're walking. I mean, you know, since we're not in a hurry. You know, just so everyone knows. By the way. <laughs> but I cared about the whole world because of you. You changed me, Dean. Why does this sound like a goodbye? Because it is. I love you. They'll do this case. Elliot, I love you. Goodbye. And so, <laughs> so the the real bad thing in the episode comes later. Even though they do get an answer, him asking the question at all is a problem. Because when he's with Penny Forty, he's talking about his life and how he was suicidal since he was young and depressed. Most of my life, I've been out in, in and out of hospitals, and you know just. Suicidal thoughts and notes. A lot of notes and attempts and meds and therapy. And then I found break pills. And all that went away. I thought, but. But? Do you have the quote? Yeah. Did I do something brave to save my friends? Or did I finally find a way to kill myself? Yeah. No, that was inappropriate. And, like, Penny gives an answer that tells us outright. He doesn't, I forget what he says is how he phrases it, but. I think you know your answer now. The story for them, it's just starting. But it won't be the same story because of you. You didn't just save their lives. You changed their lives. As much as they changed yours. You didn't want to leave all that, did you? The answer's the first one. You did something brave to save your friends. But the fact that they had Quentin ask it after all this time means... Like, at four years on, watching the show, we want to think Quentin's getting better? Whether or not you actually can... It's TV. People are supposed to get better over time. Mm-hmm. And part of the thing with magicians is they don't necessarily because it's realistic in that regard, but that makes it problematic in this regard because it's like we had this lead character who is bisexual mm-hmm. or whatever he is. We don't know what all he would have had sex with, <laughs> given the chance. 
Um, it's magic. <laughs> you can have sex with anything. No. Anyway. <laughs> Marco's boyfriend is a fish at one point. Although she doesn't have sex with him while he's a fish. Okay. <laughs> can we get on track? Yeah. And that's good. But then it's like he's still afraid that all he, he did all this just to kill himself again. Mm-hmm. And he shouldn't think that. Even if another character had suggested it, it might have played better. But him asking means he thinks it. Yeah, if another character had been like, "Why? What? Why did you do that?" and he's like, "To for my friends," and it like yeah. wasn't about himself, then it would have been a little bit different. But right. yeah, the whole like, oh. But the the also I... the implication is that he's being honest because that's the whole point of the conversation with Penny. Yeah, you know, I'm you're just, honest about your life, and you get to move on. I'm just super tired of this like movie and TV show trope where like someone has to like like. I'm okay with sacrificing, mm. I guess, because sure, that can happen in magical worlds and whatever. But I don't think it's a very, like, nice message to be sending to your mostly mentally ill family. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That, that, of, like, hey, uh, if you kill yourself, the world will be better. I'll, like, li- I'll link no. to that podcast thing of mine again in this episode's description, but that was a part of the thing I wrote about this episode is... I wrote it a week after this episode aired, and it was after watching all this conversation going on on Twitter specifically, back and forth, even involving some of the showrunners and people talking about Hale Appleman's interview, probably the one from Us, which was about the early in the season. Yeah. Or out, not Us. Yeah. Where he he shipped Quillet. But you have, that is definitely a trope of characters sacrificing themselves for their friends and Sometimes it can work very well if you are, if the plot has created a situation where anyone can die and it can be permanent. In this case, no one dies permanently. Right. In this show. Right. I think it's, I think it's even worse when it is a character who has been like personally suicidal. Yeah. At some point. Right. That's um, season, like episode one. We know that. I don't like it ever personally, but I think like, the the only way it might work in a show or something is if the character like purely was just being a hero it wasn't for them or for their mental sake or any yeah it would like wasn't even a question in this case it's not even just like a question like it's like pr- like he literally has been dead for like 2 seconds and he's like did i just kill myself like that's not <laughs> Also, though, I, I don't remember how it's set up earlier in the season or whenever that magic backfires in that uh, mirror world. Yeah. But I don't think it kills you. I don't think they know that. Like, it just, in this case, it does because it's a dealing with the seam and so it's extra powerful, I think. Uh-huh. So I don't think he even knew it would kill him, which means he shouldn't think this is going to kill me when he does it. He also does it without thinking, but. Yeah. It shouldn't be the thing he was thinking after the fact. Because it doesn't necessarily fit the situation, even. Yeah, it's just very awkward. It's just very awkward. And meanwhile, you know, fans are crying and sad, and he's being like, did I just find a way to kill myself? He's like, no, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like it. I thought it was weird. I thought it was wonky. Everyone was sad. Now, the, the end of the episode I liked, though, with them all singing Take On Me... Because no, wait, no, it's no, it's a thing no, on this no, show. Wait. Magic makes songs happen. <laughs> wait, sometimes. Wait, it was giving Peter <clears throat> Kid, and I hated it. 
did, did, <laughs> I I liked it, especially because, like, you know, Elliot comes in on the... I forget which... No, Elliot, Hale Appleman has a great voice, let me say, but I still didn't like it. Um, I think he comes in and says, I'm odds and ends, but I'll be stumbling away, slowly learning that life is okay. I think is the line where he and Margot walk up. Yeah. It was just but doing theater. That's kids. a good song. You know, speaking, I mentioned Sing Street last episode. In passing, it's songs come up, comes up there. So if you're in a band, sing me a song. I can't sing it here. You're going to have to sing for like thousands of people. I'm just one. Sing. Don't make me sing. Jesus. Sing that song off the radio. You know, the one by AHA. Sing it. Sing it. Take, so take, now slap. Take on me, take me on. That's all I know. It was cute. I get it. I'm just bitter. It's fine. (laughs) Also, in the long run of the show, anytime the character starts singing, I loved it. Because it's usually like these most dramatic moments. Like the showrunners had this thing at a certain point where they realized... The reason musicals happen is because the big songs happen because characters have things that can't put into words. And so they just use that because magic can make it happen. And that's what uh, is, I think it's Katie that snaps her fingers so that the music starts. And so Alice starts singing because she creates a musical. We're talking away. I don't know what I'm just saying I'll say it anyway Today's another day to find you Shying away I'll be coming for your love, okay Take on me Take on me I'm odds and ends, but that's me, I'm stumbling away, slowly learning that life is okay, say after me, it's no better to be safe than sorry, take on me, take on me, In the, in the books, Q doesn't die, right? Right. And so no one, like, thinks he's going to die. Mm. And so I I do think that's just kind of, like, unfair of Oh, like fans from the, the books writers. coming and watching? 
Yeah, because, yeah. you know, honestly, like, if someone said, like, oh, your favorite book is being a TV show, and they kill, like, the main character who you have, like, such an emotional, like... I think The Expanse did that also, where they, in the show, they killed someone who hadn't died in the books, and people were like, what the hell? Like, imagine they freaking did a Harry Potter show, and they just killed Harry Potter. Like... <laughs> Killing Harry would be a problem, I think, for the plot. Be like, but I get that, yeah. Like, like, and no warning, no whatever. Because you know what, too, like... I feel like I enjoy watching things that I've read the books of sometimes mm, because, sure, yeah. because even though it, it steers from it, you feel like you do have some sort of like safety net or maybe like security blanket. Do you know what I mean? Like when I watch Shadowhunters, like Have I'm, you read those before you watched the show? I would well, kind of simultaneously, kind of okay. but I knew that like in the books, Magnus and Alec were fine. And so, like, I assume, like, in the TV show, they're going to be fine. Right. Like, they're going to get married. That's what they do in the books. It's cute. Like, no matter the what. The only problem is through, if you're Game of Thrones, you get ahead of the books. Cause <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a thing for, like, a lot of, like, neurodivergent people or, or autistic people. I've heard of other people doing that where, like, they like to know. Mm. Not the whole plot, but, like. This horrible thing that I mentally don't want to happen because it'll upset me too much. I know it's not going to happen, so it's okay. Right. But it does. It did happen. But it did. So yeah. it was kind of just me. <laughs> it's like, you know, two episodes ago, we started the conversation about magicians mentioning the Does the Dog Die website. Yeah, exactly. It's that same thing where yeah. you sometimes there are certain things you want to know ahead of time. Yeah. Personally, I don't like spoilers even when they're huge for me but i understand why some people would and especially if you are fully invested and if it was something based on books and you read them all and you're eager for this you want it to come out mostly the same yeah or at least like yeah i mean not like like i do like spoilers personally i don't like to know every single thing that's gonna happen but if someone can be like Look, like, they're gonna go through a lot of drama, but at the end of it, like, these characters eventually get married, or these characters live, or whatever it is. Hmm. Like, just knowing that, I'm like, okay, I'll go through the drama. It's fine. Because I know that the payoff at the end will be worth it. Right. The problem is that, like, with the magicians, a lot of the fans felt like the payoff and time they invested in watching the show, which is kind of a downer, wasn't worth it. I I don't... I know their ratings were lower the next season, but also it was season five of the show on sci-fi, so they might have been lower anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of an impact it made, but I know when, like, when this episode aired, so many people over that ne- that next week were like, I'm not watching next year. Yeah. If the show gets ruined, I'm not back. Yeah. And when the show was coming back, there were a bunch of people I knew who were like, yeah, I'm not watching that anymore. Yeah, I don't have the statistics on it, but personally, I know people who stopped watching right. because of that. I assume there's some. I don't know if we can have an accurate measure of how many, but I assume there are some. Yeah. And then season five was in, so... Were there good moments in season five? Yes. I watched the whole thing and kept up. But I also have trouble dropping shows when I knew, you know, their seasons are, what, 12 episodes? I can watch 12 or 13 episodes. Yeah. If it was a 25-episode season or something, like a network show back in the day, I might be like, yeah, I don't need to keep watching that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why people... I don't know why the writers were like, yeah, that's a good idea. (laughs) Structurally, it's a good idea. And then my favorite part is that after it's that just, happened... Personally, it's not. Is that after that happened, like, no one really wanted to take responsibility for it. Everyone's like, I didn't do it. I'm like, Some, one of you did it. <laughs> well, someone did it, yeah. One of you had this um, idea. What, Sean McNamara or... What's her name? Sarah Gamble. Well, the 
think? Well, the author, who I don't believe was involved with the writing. The author of the books? The author of the books. Oh. At first he was like, yeah, I knew they were going to do it, and it was great. And then they later probably, he's like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> they probably, that that's actually good if he knew, because it means, I mean, I think he was also a producer. But yeah. That's the kind like of thing, when you are adapting someone's books and you are changing something made, or you do want to chat with them. Yeah. Like, or at least you, let you them know. if we do this? <laughs> because he needs to be prepared to talk about it. Yeah. Unlike what they did with Hale Appleman, who... Well, all of the cast. Uh, right, but him... But especially him. He had the interview and out in February of that year, so about the time, like, the season had just started. And they're asking him about Quelliot, and he's like, does he ship it? Absolutely. Well, like, the thing that I have a major problem with is, like, writers and showrunners, whatever, at the end of the day, you're an artist, you can do whatever the heck you want. It's your art. Write whatever you want. Like, people can like it or they don't. I just don't like the idea of, like, those people involved not having, like, I don't mean to get rude to anyone involved, but, like, not having respect for the people that work for them, for the people who stuck with them, Mm. the people who support them. I just think that's not cool because literally, like, the magicians cast, they obviously knew he died because they filmed a scene at the funeral, so they did know. But they filmed a fake scene. That was like a, I don't know what was in it exactly, but it was like a decoy, I guess. Um, for the final, for that episode? Yeah. Okay. So they filmed a fake scene for that episode where just whatever knowledge it was, was that like Quentin could come back kind of thing. So they all thought like, okay, he's dead, but he'll come back. And no one knew that Jason Ralph wasn't going to be in the fifth season. And also Jason Ralph he, wasn't. He did, right? He did. He did. He knew he wasn't. But Jason Roth wasn't allowed to tell anyone. Right. Which I think is also rude to him. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> I, I can even get, uh, often TV shows will have, uh, Yellowstone does this a lot, where people will get shot in the season finale. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, if that actor was like, gonna ask for more money, you're like, oh, by the way, your character died during the summer. You're not coming back. Yeah. And they're like setting themselves up at the end of the season because then they can deal with the aftermath of a character's done or an actor has bo- gotten bored and wants to move on. In this case, it wasn't that, and it's a you know thirteen episode season with the cast who is. I think in conversations outside this, you have suggested like they shouldn't be sending Hale album out on interviews promoting it, but they're going to do that either way. Mm-hmm. What they should do is make sure, however far enough ahead they planned, Quentin's dying at the end of the season. Let other people know. Yeah, because because you don't want them saying stuff. I really it is like I look forward to our relationship next season. I really you know? don't understand why they didn't tell them, unless it was to try to get some of the press to be confused. Because number one, there were already spoilers that people right. knew he died. So it and if wasn't they can keep that. and Jason Ralph from talking, they can tell other people not right. to tell people. And out of like just like respect for your actors, I'm pretty sure your actors can keep a secret. Like, right. like, so I know there are famous movie and TV moments where people hid things, supposedly, and Empire Strikes Back. They didn't have the line of dialogue, I am your father. Yeah. When they filmed it, because it was going to be voiced over anyway later. But, you know, so it couldn't be spoiled. Yeah. And there's, there's use for that in a movie, because it's brief. It's a production, production's over, but a TV show is taking months to put together. People are going out and promoting your show, doing interviews. Mm-hmm. you should probably or maybe double check on the things they're going to say. I mean, I don't know that Hale Applebaum, Apple Applebaum, Apple Applebaum, Apple Men, Apple Men. 
Right? Yeah. Apple, I don't know why I keep wanting to call him Apple Bomb. I kept calling him Applegate. <laughs> I don't know what Applegate is. Sorry, Hale, if you're listening. We love you. Um, come way. on the show. You can talk about whatever you want. No, he can't. He signed an NDA. <laughs> Outside of your NDAs. Um, you can talk about some other show. You like Heartstopper? Come talk about we'll, it. We'll talk to you about anything, to be honest. Young Royals? Sure. We love you. But like you, you, he probably doesn't have to have permission from the producers to do interviews. They no. don't necessarily send them out on every interview. No. The things happen somewhat independently, at least some of the time. But they should know their actors do talk to people. Right. And I would think someone in the production would be like, some agent would be like, Hale's doing an interview without, do you want, like, should we avoid anything or talk about it? Well, Unless we know from some source that they did. By the way, everyone, I am a comm PR major. So, hello. Um, before people do interviews majority of the time, they do get a list, whether it be from, like, your agent or whoever is, like, managing Right, I'm just saying we don't know if there was one or what it said. No, I know, we don't we know just what it assume. said. But, like, for sure they could have... I'm just saying the showrunners had the opportunity literally just to send an email to the manager and be like, hey, if he does interviews, like, have him talk about this. Have him maybe not talk about this. Yeah. Or as soon as you know your lead is leaving the show, make sure the cast knows that. Yeah. Because also they should be, even if they're going to keep that part of it to themselves, be like, I'm really excited for having a larger role next season. You know, they could use that vagueness to get people interested. Sure. Yeah. So I would be curious what sort of control they had over what he knew. And I just feel know. badly because for, sure. for, like, a little more context, like, when that, that scene came out in season four, episode five, a lot of people started sharing it on the internet because they were like, oh my god, that's so cute. Yeah. Shortly after, or shortly around that time, the magazine thing came out where he was like, I ship Qualia, like, I hope we get more Qualia, whatever it was. I think that in, that interview had just come out the week before. Yeah. So, so it, it was, was like, concurrent. It was, it was around the same time. And so I personally know that there were people who started watching the show because, because of, of that this. interview mm. that's why i started watching season one all right so huh so it kind of <laughs> was it it sets fading. up uh the problem is that a lot of these fans who start fans you know who yeah. started watching because of that they started getting mad at, at Hale and were like, wait, why, you, you why were better. you like right. saying this if this was going to happen? Like, this isn't nice. Like, what the heck? And Hale had to be like, I'm so sorry. I literally didn't know. Like, yeah. no one told me I wouldn't have done that. And Hale doesn't like identify as anything from my knowledge, except for like queer. I hmm. believe he's married to a woman, but he says he is queer. But like, to put a queer actor in that position where they're upsetting their own community and not on purpose. Right. It's just so, like, mean. <laughs> like, not nice. Even if even if they wanted to keep it from their other actors. Like, they wanted some sort of secret. Hale could have known. Hale could have known. That's why, yeah, I'm like, we presume they knew when people were doing interviews. And I would assume as a showrunner, if I were one, I'd want to know that. Like, what magazine are you doing? Like, good luck with that. Well, That's going to be awesome. Well, also, <laughs> if, like, Hale Appleman or Elliot as a character has an entire episode about 
him, mm. like it's him focused and focused on this relationship that people care about. Whether you know exactly what interviews he's going to be doing or not, he's going to be doing something. Right. Like he, he's on Twitter. Yeah, he's definitely know? going to be doing press for it. So I don't know. And the showrunners were on Twitter. They interacted with the fans. So did he. So did the other actors. Often. Yeah, all of them. And it's just so... It's so, It was all very friendly. It's and so then, awkward. Because I don't know who else was. I think the actor who played Penny... I'm sorry. I don't know anyone's name. But the like the actor who played Penny, I believe. I think the actress who played Margot. A couple of people. They were all apologizing. And it's like, you shouldn't have to apologize. As an actor, it's not your responsibility that's the responsibility of the showrunner and the producers who weren't doing their right. jobs very respectfully and now you're having to apologize for what they did if this was like number one uh network show all of those main actors would have producer credits by season four and they would know what's coming yeah but this was sci-fi and they didn't have that kind they, of they weren't going to have that kind of clout yeah. To know what's going or be able to talk about Yeah, it. it's very similar to the supernatural situation in the sense that, like, you're having your actors pick up the pieces of a drama that you created. Yeah. So, I don't know. I also it's the same person. <laughs> Love you, though. If you want to come on our show and talk to us. Wait, which one? Sarah, Sarah Gamble? Sarah yeah. If you want to come talk to us, we can be respectful. You can, Yeah. <laughs> You can come talk about um, Willow and Tara. Oh, was she involved in that too? No, I don't think so, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, for some reason, I constantly mix up Sarah Gamble and some writer that got started on I Buffy. I was like, damn, if she did and Buffy I don't think too, it's her. Like, now I have to okay. double check again to make sure I'm not saying that backwards. No, but literally wasn't, wasn't the Magicians and Supernatural like a year apart? The finales, yeah. Yeah. So Which she was involved with that. The yeah. magicians happen, and then a year later, supernatural mistake happens. So I guess she didn't learn anything, even though she apologized. I'm sorry. I'm being sorry. Yeah, I think, I, for some reason, I think I connect writers on Supernatural with writers on Buffy, because a lot of them are names I started to really recognize uh-huh. and see when they worked on other things. Yeah. So I mix her up with someone from Buffy constantly, yeah. and I don't even remember who now. Yeah. But no, she made the same mistake twice. Yeah. So. In a row. If she makes the same mistake again, we'll talk about it. <laughs> this one, they didn't have the pandemic excuse. Exactly. So they didn't have any excuse. They didn't have just, to kill This people. was just shit. Anyway. I think that's all we got on. No. You have more? Yeah. More. You want to say more horrible I'm... things about her? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm being respectful, but we didn't do our shtick. That, that was what I was going to say. I think oh, we're okay. done with the show. We never did our actual things that we do. Because... Okay, so what? who named you that? Yeah, Let's we don't we don't have to do the test because this show passes all of them. It does regularly. It does. The whole point to our discussion is that absolutely Quentin's death Yay. mattered to the plot of Good the show. Good job. And so, Elliot is queer without it being his whole personality. Right. Good job. So yeah. So who names you to that? them for that? Elliot Waugh, fine. No. Yeah. Okay. Fine. He sounds British, which I don't think Elliot is, but it, it's a fine, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's fine. Okay, whatever. Quasi really. Um, Quentin Coldwater. Quentin Coldwater not. sounds made up. That is a character If name. you're British, you might be named Quentin or have the last name Coldwater. No. But it sounds made up. It's, it's made It up. sounds like it's book hero made up. Um, what are the other people's last names? Julia Wicker? Is it Wicker? That sounds like a real name. Julia Wicker. That works. Alice. It's Julia Wicker. Alice is Quinn. Alice Quinn. It sounds a little basic, but it doesn't sound Why is Alice Quinn dating up. Quentin Coldwater? I don't know. I don't like that. 
The other ship name could just be Quinton. <laughs> I'm not. You don't even have to do anything. I don't know. I don't like that. Margo Hansen, that's fine. That's all right. What is Penny's actual name? I don't know, but it's made up. No, his 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 character's name is William. For some reason, I thought Penny came from an actual name, but his name is William Adiotti. I guess that one's fine. Um, I didn't know Katie's last name was Orloff Diaz. That's cool. Kind of sounds like a character. No, it sounds especially the way it's spelled. Not the last name. Yeah. 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 K A D Y. Yeah. No. Um, but Orloff Diaz is interesting because it suggests Orloff is like some sort of Eastern European, maybe Russian name. And then Diaz, you know, Hispanic, some sort. So it's it's suggesting it's two people got together that were kind of probably interesting. It's kind of middle of the road for the, for the name scale, I think. Henry Fogg sounds made up. That's the, the Dean. Henry Fogg. Yeah. Josh Hoberman, totally a real name. That's fair. And Josh is awesome. Um, yeah, Josh is cool. I was gonna say Tick Pickwick, but he's from Fillory, so we his for- name's gonna be made up. Do we forget anyone? Isn't that the whole group? It's all the main people, I okay. think. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'd say it ranks middle of the road for the name scale. Some of the names are a little wonky, but now triangle. Is this healthy representation? Am I making this up? Am I making this up? Right. Sorry, the title. Am I making this up? No, you're not. You are not. Because it's facts. It's actively part of the show. The actors buy into it. The writers buy into it. It was cute. It It was, aside from the death part of it, specifically, a relatively healthy representation of people. No. No, it wasn't healthy. It was cute, though. It's No, it's a realistic representation. Sure. Sure. It's not a a negative representation. It's not like they're playing them for laughs. Elliot's problem is realistic. Neither of the characters are really healthy, so... I can't really call the okay. relationship healthy, but... True. Um, <laughs> okay, fine. But it is actual. But it is... I think there's a little bit leaning that way, because it is openly like, these people are this. There's nothing wrong with that. Totally. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, representation. Queer baiting. Um... Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not the whole time. If the showrunners knew that Hale Appleman was going to be interviewed by Out Magazine right as season four was starting and didn't tell him that there would be no Qualiat next season... Then I'd say you get definitely get points in the queer baiting side of the triangle. Sure. If they didn't, you just that's just maybe not good show running. I don't. I know, think it wasn't queer baiting the whole time. No. Like definitely for the first few seasons, it wasn't. But whatever, like whatever time period passed from season four, episode five to season four finale, that was that was some baiting territory yeah. going on. Yeah. Especially after he did the interview. Especially, oh my god, imagine, no. Imagine you're a fan who, like, started watching because of that. You watch the, you binge watch the whole show so that you can watch the season four finale when it airs. Mm -hmm. And then you watch the season four finale and you're just like, why did I do that? (laughs) Why did I waste all my time (laughs) becoming so invested in this thing that I can no longer be really invested in? Yeah. So, a little bit of all three? Yeah, it's really I think the show movie. generally is somewhat positive in how it portrays mental health, LGBT stuff, but and it doesn't technically buy into the bury your deads thing. Bury your dead. Bury your deads, bury your gays. Well, <laughs> okay, yeah. So it it definitely is like in the middle of the triangle. Kind of covers everything, so that's yeah. cool. It's all around the edges. Yeah, it's a bit of everything. Okay. Um, yeah.
Thank you for listening. 50v20 is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find links to this show and more at lemmingdrops.com. Subscribe to the show and review the show on your favorite podcatcher. Join the Facebook group at Lemming Drops Studio Tour for updates. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at 50v20podcast. And send us gifts. And support the show at patreon.com slash lemmingdrops. Bye.